I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 53. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I Love Mortgage Brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Jim Black. Jim is based out of Lethbridge, Alberta. He's with DLC Mortgage Excellence, been a broker for 10 years, and he has people in his company in BC, Alberta, and Ontario. I am stoked for this interview today. Jim, are you ready to rock? I am ready to rock. Awesome. So I always like to start out by asking a little bit about, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I sure can. I'm a father with two kids. Uh, family is very important to me. I graduated with a business diploma from the local Lethbridge College a few years back, quite a few years. I love sports, hockey, soccer, and running. And of course, I love business. And that's why I'm in the mortgage business. So how did you get into the mortgage biz? Because no one ever as a kin- in kindergarten says, when I grew up, I want to be a mortgage broker. So what was your path? Obviously entrepreneur, but to actually mortgage brokering. Yeah, long and winding. Uh, like I said, I took business in college. I always was fascinated with business and entrepreneurship. And it took me a few years to get there. But the, the reality is I just wanted to be self-employed. And mortgage brokering was something that gave me that avenue. And that was the beginning. Right. Awesome. And so you, did you, you didn't come from a bank background or anything, did you? I had no lending experience and no sales experience. So I was kind of lucky. I did have a friend who was in the industry and I joined up under him and he kind of guided me up to start and that was it. And then how long before you kind of launched your own company? Two and a half years. So I got in, I was lucky. It was right when the real estate boom was happening. So I was you know, pretty fortunate to have some pretty good numbers myself. And I always knew I wanted to build my own franchise and try and build my own company. And so two and a half years after starting, I started Dominion Lending Centers, Mortgage Excellence. Right. Awesome. So before we dive more into your story, I want to ask about a success quote, because I love quotes, how they take an idea or and they distill it down into something that's portable and it's memorable and you can take it with you. So can you share a quote that's really had an impact on you? Yeah, I used to have a quote on my wall that I put up right after I switched and started Dominion Lending Centers. And that quote is, travel the path of integrity without looking back, for there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. That's awesome. Uh, and so travel the path of integrity. How did you Without say that? Looking back for there is never a wrong time to do the right thing. Right. And so how have you applied that quote to your business or can you, and can you share an example of something where you've applied that? I've used it in professional circumstances and personal circumstances. I think a lot of times the right answer or the right decision is sometimes a very difficult one. You know, and a lot of times people in business and personal will bury our heads and just kind of go on with the status quo, even though inside our gut's telling us something different. For example, when I left my brokerage, as happen, happens in a lot of instances, it's a little messier. There's a friendship there, and that was the case with mine. I knew it was the right decision to move on for a host of reasons, uh, but it was very difficult. So my point was travel the path of integrity. And don't look back because there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. And I, looking back, it, it became clearer and clearer it was the right decision to go and start my own brokerage. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you guys are doing really well. You got 18 agents and you're killing it. So there's obviously, you're, you've, you've made the right choice. So I'm going to ask a little bit about uh, failure. I know that for me as a business owner, entrepreneur, mortgage broker, that failure has happened, but it's never fatal. So, but looking and looking back, there's always a lesson. Can you share an example of something that you had failed at, but when you look back, there was a lesson in it for you? Yeah, we follow a guy named Darren Hardy quite a bit. And, you know, one of the things he says is fail more, fail big. Uh, And we've done a lot of that. (laughs) Lots of failure. 
anyway, that's part of the journey, right? Uh, one of the biggest things I think was we tried to expand rapidly and maybe take shortcuts. And we almost did a merger with a big team at one point. And we, I quickly realized it was a mistake. Uh, the culture was different. The value system was different. And a whole bunch of things were different. And basically, it was like two years. So we tried to chase the volume, and it took us two years to unwind everything. And we actually went backwards. So that was a big mistake. And what, what the lesson learned from that was build it slowly, focus on keeping A players so that your culture remains strong. Right. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So just take your time. Yeah. Sometimes you, I think all of us as entrepreneurs just want to get to the top of the mountain tomorrow, mm-hmm. but we either don't have the skill set in place or the resources or infrastructure and you just can't, right? If you Generally, you've got to build it up over time. Right. That's good advice. And so I'm going to switch gears a little bit talking about uh, systems and processes because I find that talking to successful brokers that they have systems, they have processes, they don't just sort of show up and hope for the best. And so specifically about administrative process. So can you share an example of an administrative process that maybe wasn't working as well as you'd like and then a tweak that you made and the outcome that you got? I guess, sure, more so than even a tweak. Uh, we have two people here that actually comprise our central underwriting. And so my point was we used to always sort of struggle with a process in underwriting to have it uniform or systematic. Now we've implemented software so that it's step-by-step and never changes. And we have girls that execute that on the underwriting side so that it's always the same experience for the clients. It's always the same experience for the lenders. And again, it took us seven years to develop that change so that the underwriting process is very smooth. Mm -hmm. And do you use like proprietary software that you built or do you use something that uh, software that you guys like purchase or license? It's, It's software that we lease or pay a monthly fee but then you build it yourself so it's customizable software so it does what we want it to do okay which company is it with if you don't mind me asking it's revo 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 r-e-v-o okay i've heard of those guys actually in the magazine so um yeah cool so i want to ask about sales and marketing because that's obviously another big part of being a mortgage broker and obviously sometimes what's what what's working one year doesn't work the next so can you give an example of something maybe that was working but then you had to make a change to it. Can you share the change and then the outcome you got? Uh, something that was working that's not. That, that's a trickier one. I more go, you know, we sort of have a philosophy here and we try to get our people to build pipelines rather than haul buckets, the old saying. So we want them to focus on building long-term relationships where they can be fed consistent deals, whether it's financial planners, realtors, builders, something like that. Invest your time there and it can pay off forever and ever versus just chasing the one of from a sales mm-hmm. perspective. Right. I don't really have an example where we did something that was working great that's not working anymore. Okay, so can maybe give me an example of you got you got a lot of agents that work for you. So what sort of advice do you give them when they're out trying to build a that new relationship with the financial advisor, for example? So uh, what what do you what sort of advice would you give them to to nurture and build that relationship? Yeah, the simplest advice is we tell them to find solutions for the partner they're going into business with. So most people come in and they go meet people and go, gimme, gimme, gimme. Where's my deals, right? Help me out. And we try to get our people to look at it. Of course, you want a reciprocal relationship in the end, but if you can add value to their business, then perhaps they're more likely to give you some deals or leads. You know, and we see that where, for example, uh, say lead generation or post follow up, 
a realtor might be really horrible at post follow-up, right? They don't have a system or they don't have the time or resources. But one of our new people who's not a great mortgage broker might be decent at post follow-up because they use our system or something. So we're saying, go tell them you'll handle all of their post follow-up for them, add value to their business. And then hopefully in return, they will start using you or see that you're a person of value and, and build the relationship that way by trying to help the other person rather than asking for a handout. Right. This interests me. So the post follow-up system yep. that you guys have. So do you, do, are many of your agents providing that to uh, realtors as a way to build relationships or is that just like a one-off thing? Yeah, that, that's a one-off example, but it's just one example. So basically we're saying, take a look at whoever you're trying to obtain business from, figure out the problems they're having in their own business, and then try and provide a solution to that problem. Whether it's post follow-up, lead generation, consistency, that, who knows what it is. And then if you can help them find solutions, they're you know very likely to start working with you. Right. Yeah, I know. That's, so that's, that's great advice. It is a lot of time, but we're just trying to figure out, just like us, we have issues in our business. And if someone can provide a solution, we're more than happy to send them leads, referrals, business, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. You got my, my, my wheels are just ripping right now. So I'm going to, when we're done, I'm going to be like clinking away on my computer. You, you've, uh, I know I've heard that sometimes you need to hear some things though. That's a great thing about these interviews. You need to hear something a few times before it either sinks in or before it clicks and you go, Oh, you just give me an idea. So I don't yeah, need, cool. I don't, I don't need another idea, but I've got another one. So I'll, uh, we can chat off, off air maybe. Okay. So, uh, uh, another thing that I've noticed that talking to successful brokers is this, um, coming up a lot is the need to diversify your income and that you need to get share of wallet or obviously building those relationships, building trust. And I found though that there's two camps forming. There's one camp that says yes, we you know definitely diversify, and there's another camp that says no, just broker. So I wanted to know where you fell on that, and then if you are diversifying, what area are you focusing on? And what do you mean by diversifying exactly? What are you talking about? I'm talking about like you know sometimes some brokers are getting into the insurance business, some of them are getting into you know setting up like other banking products or yeah. just other products and services that they can sell yeah. to their uh, clients. So. I think of diversification a bit differently. Like to me, diversification means earning income outside of the mortgage brokering channel. So we encourage our people to invest in property or other businesses or something outside of their day-to-day job. So my example, you can say you're diversified, but if mortgages come to a screeching halt, so our mortgage insurance sales are going to come to a screeching halt. So to me, you know, you're dead either way. What I'm looking for is the reason you diversify is to protect yourself. So cross-selling is a way to increase your income, maybe tie up the client a little bit more, but I don't really consider that diversification. I think you're in the same industry, and if it's successful, great, you make a bit more money, but if mortgage brokering you know, has a lull or there's a big downturn, that's not diversification to me. So we're trying to get people to diversify outside of the mortgage industry so that you know, if there is a lull or a downturn, they can survive for two or three years and get through it. Right, and what sort of things do you... Like, just give me a couple examples of. Uh, a lot of our people have invested in other businesses, whether it be car wash, restaurant, bar. Uh, some of our people have tried to start, I guess, lead generation things, coaching businesses, different things like that. So they're always looking at ways to try and generate income again outside of the mortgage broker channel, just as something to protect them in case the mortgage income isn't steady or the business dries up. Right. Okay. That's actually a really good distinction. You know what? Out of 50 plus interviews that I've done, you're the first person who said, wait a second, if your income is still, you know, requires real estate and transactions that are mortgage transactions, then you're not really diversified, which is technically true, but it's definitely the way we talk about it and the way it's, you know, in the magazines. And I think 
yeah, I know where you're going with that one. I, I think it's more cross-selling than diversification. I'm a believer. I think that's where the industry's going. You know, you're going to be offering different products, including insurance and maybe lines of credit and maybe financial products. And that's smart and that's good. But again, I don't really consider that diversification. So you know what you've just done, Jim, after 50 plus interviews is I'm actually going to change the wording of that question. And because I'm always trying to learn and improve too. So I'm going to make the question about cross-selling and okay. not about diversifying because I totally agree. It's, a, it's like if you're in mutual funds and if your idea of diversifying is just buying another mutual fund that is yeah. also in the market, you're still, that's not really diversified, right? Like it's not. It's not. Um, so, okay, you, you've uh, you've convinced me that the language needs to be clear. So that's good. I'm going to switch to asking you about, you said you had a family that's important to you. So how do you run? you got this mortgage practice. You've got your own mortgage business. You've got your, these agents that you're trying to help and you're growing and expanding. So how do you balance that with family? It's very tough, uh, especially in the startup years, you know, thinking back. Um that is just a tough one. You see lots of entrepreneurs that struggle with that because they care so much about the business and the business demands so much of you at the front end when you're getting started and you're doing everything. I probably didn't have great balance. Now, to be clear, my priority is my family. It is my children. And so, you know, I always made time for them. It's not like I was a guy that was in at five in the morning, got home at 10 at night. Uh, but with that said, you're working weekends and doing lots of things. So I think off the start, the first couple of years when you're building any company, it's very challenging. Uh, what's happened now is because it's a bit more established is I've chosen to pull back the reins. My kids are little, so family's my first priority and that's without exception. So I choose to coach them hockey. I'm always home for dinner. I make sure they're my first priority and the business does suffer because of that. There's just no way around it. If you put more hours in, you're probably going to get more results. Uh, but I'm okay with that. I'm willing to sacrifice that to see my kids grow up. Right. No, that's good. So I'm going to switch gears now to the rapid fire questions. So these you can answer with a little shorter answers if you like. So what is the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I would say themselves without being too simplistic. Uh, we've always had a saying in our office, you know, get out of your own way. And if you look at where we've gone on our journey in seven years, some of our associates, you know, you, your mind is so closed and you've got so many blockages and you've got this trained way of thinking. And a lot of times it hurts you and we say, just get out of your own way, right? Open up your mind, be flexible, start to learn coffee. So that's the biggest thing holding people back is actually themselves, including me and other people in the office. We've all agreed on that. Right. That's good. And so what one thing or habit do you think has made you successful? realizing there's more than one way to do things. So I think we all taste a little bit of success, whatever that means, maybe on volume or something. And we get a little bit of an ego and think, well, this is the only way to do it, right? The way I underwrite is the best. Every mortgage broker will tell you that. This is how you underwrite. So as the brokerage grew for me, I started seeing a number of different people doing it a number of different ways, different value systems, emphasis on different things, different lead pipelines. But the number at the end was very similar and very good. So my point was, it was an eye opener for me to see that there is multiple ways of doing quality business, not just our way or my way. Right. Yeah, that's good. You know, it reminds me, my daughter's taking a, a like piano for the last couple of years. And so she's playing yeah. this uh, twinkle, twinkle, little star, and she can literally play it like six or seven different ways and she can make it complex or simple. And so it's kind of like yeah. it, ultimately she's playing twinkle, twinkle, little star. 
but how she's playing it and the the notes that she adds and the so that's the difference I think is that ultimately and, and you have to match your personality you know to a, to a large degree so that you that, to find success. Yep. So sorry to mean to go on a rabbit trail there, but you just made me you made me think of that. So do you have an internet resource or software program you use to make your business more successful? I mean, we're a paperless office, so we use Dropbox, allows us to be paperless and mobile, obviously. And because multiple people can be working on a file, it's very easy to share documents. So that was a change we made a couple of years ago. I mentioned Revo before. Some people use Auto. Uh, some of us used Infusionsoft, more for lead generation and campaigns. So those are some things we're trying to utilize. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? I love books. Love books. Uh, I have a few, I guess. I would say, you know, different books for different people. So for brand new people, one book I always give them is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's the book I first read. I just think it gets you kind of going on that entrepreneurial cash flow mindset. And another one I like is Compound Effect from Darren Hardy. And it's just about consistency over time and how the results will be drastically different at the end if you are consistent. And maybe for existing business owners or brokerage owners, I really like the book Good to Great. And there's another one called First Break All the Rules. That's awesome. I've actually three of them I've read, but I've never read First Break All the Rules. So that that's a good book. Yeah, it's a really good book. It's uh, Marcus Buckingham, mm-hmm. one of the authors. And it's just basically the catchphrase is, you know, what the world's greatest managers do differently. And I just think it, again, provides a different outlook on how to manage people and what gets people fired up. So you can utilize it in your business. Right. That's great. And so where do you think the industry's headed? Where's the opportunity? I see lots of opportunity. Uh, you talked about it before on the cross-selling side. I see way more product offerings. I know a lot of people are getting into unsecured line of credits, financial investment products like GICs, TFSAs, bank accounts, car loans. So I think a mortgage broker or brokerage will become more of a finance center in general, uh, which will give the mortgage broker a lot more power and control and put us on a more level playing field with the banks, which obviously offer all of that stuff already. Um, Another change I see that's already started to happen is I see the middle-sized, smaller firms going the way of the dodo bird. And I think what you're going to see is you're going to see independent one-person shows or small, small teams, but one person that run very lean, have limited overhead, and maximize their dollars generated, don't have much expense, right? And maybe only utilize two or three lenders, but they're happy, their life's pretty simple. And then I think what you'll also see is the mega brokerages and the large brokerages. And I say mega, but I'm saying 20 to 100 employees. They've got status with all lenders. They've got underwriting. They've got systems. They've got all the perks and value. And again, they can still be profitable and will house a certain type of broker because they've got so many volumes there. Right. Yeah. So both will exist, but they'll, you have to kind of pick which business you're in. The the purpose of running a firm with four or five people is not going to exist in the future because you have all the headaches then of compliance and management and people, and you probably need staff that you've got to pay, but you don't get any lift because you don't have enough volume. So those people will start just amalgamating into larger firms 
and or cutting the associates and just running as one one person shows. Right. That's good. So that, this is the last question. One of my favorites, the DeLorean question. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Uh, yeah. And so in the movie, there's the car, the DeLorean, you travel in time. So if I could set the DeLorean for 10 years back and send you back to visit yourself and, and give yourself three pieces of advice so that your company would be bigger and better today, what three things would you tell yourself? Yeah, if I went back 10 years, I, I would probably laugh for one. Um, I would say, well, what would they say? Systems will set you free. That's a Darren Hardy. Uh, I would do a lot more system stuff. I would say think big. I remember listening to Callum Ross, and he talked about before he ever wrote one mortgage, his goal is to be a $100 million producer, which is amazing. And, of course, he attained that goal. But he was just thinking big right off the start, and I see most people just really can't can't even think anywhere near that. So think big. It's okay with thinking big. And three would probably be a sponge. Like I learned from everyone in the industry, your BDMs, your lenders, your brokers, your fellow associates. I just think if you could just tap into everybody and take some of their best points, it would really help people be successful or it would help me speed up the process of being successful. Right. That's great. So systems will set you free. Think big and then be a sponge, sponge. learn from everyone. And one of the ways, by the way, this is a little side commercial. One of the ways you can learn is listen to this podcast because there's lots of brilliant people sharing some stuff that uh, we, we should be implementing in our businesses. Excellent. So how can people find you online or where can they find you? Yeah, very simple. Jimblack.ca. They can get any of my contact information if they want to reach out, have questions or anything like that. I'm more than happy to share. And where are you guys hiring? We're always hiring. Uh, that's another change we've made, though, in the past is uh, we're hiring good people. We've worked really hard to clean up our brokerage and have great A players, good people. And so I guess the answer is yes, we're hiring and we're hiring good quality people. Awesome. So anybody listening to this can also get links in the show notes to Jim and his website and to connect with him at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. Jim, I have really appreciated your time. And you, like I already said, you've given me a brilliant idea. Um, I hope you absolutely crush the rest of your year and continue to grow. Thank you very much. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I love mortgage brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Beckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing, since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.